You're listening to Run With The Bulls, a podcast discussing a unique approach to everyday finance with everyday people. Run With The Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro, a financial wellness company. Now, your hosts, author Danny Kofke and the royalty of financial wellness, Whitney Queen. Welcome to Run With The Bulls. My name is Danny Kofke, and I'm a motivational mentor with Mentoro. I'm joined by the president of Mentoro, Whitney Queen. Hey, Whit. Hey, Danny, and hello to all of our listeners. And thanks to the late Olivia Newton-John for that teaser. Like she's saying, it's time to get physical as we are going to take a look at health and wealth. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, I guess we are really looking to stir things up today. So many would rather talk about politics and religion than our topic. Why do you think this is so, Whitney? Plain and simple, it's hard. It's hard to stay healthy. It's hard to stay wealthy. You have to be consistent. And it's way easier to talk about the drama of politics. (laughs) Yeah, so so true. And, you know, I I do agree it's hard, but I almost feel like the reason it goes back to the one thing that we focus on a lot here at Mentoro, and that's behavior. So on paper, it is really easy to be skinny and rich. Eat less than you burn. Spend less than you earn, right? I mean, that should be a t-shirt. We could make millions. (laughs) Uh, So, so easy. But then that little thing called life gets in the way and it ruins it. Very true. Every time. I think that's why people find these two topics a little depressing to discuss. Because there really is no magic pill you can take that will make you thin and wealthy. You have to put in the time and the effort to do so. So while Mentoru is a financial education company, we need to address health since it plays a big role in how wealthy you can become. Yeah, definitely. So there was an academic study by researchers at the Urban Institute in Virginia Commonwealth University, and it backs it up. The main takeaway of this report is that those who are healthier and live longer tend to earn more. Well, you know, kind of basic. If you live longer, you're going to earn more. And health and income correlate across the socioeconomic spectrum as well. So that is to say the richest have fewer poor health conditions than the upper middle class, who in turn are fitter and healthier than the lower middle class, for example, with this pattern continuing. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting when you think about it, and it definitely makes me want to continue exercising (laughs) and eating well. To show that, like with our personal finances, we practice what we preach, let's take a minute to discuss some of the healthy things that we do. Yeah, so, you know, for me... Um, and sometimes I get a little bored with my routine. Uh, so years ago I was a runner and then I kind of got sick of running. So then we started doing the beach body workout, started lifting everything. And that lasted, I don't know, four years and I was bulking up and I was getting there. And then I'm like, you know what? I was getting bored with that workout. So then last summer I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start running again. And then ended up running a half marathon, I guess, end of October. And then now I'm on the Peloton. So, you know, for me, it's just one of those things. It's, it's a different exercise, but it's the consistency. And I think that correlates a lot too with with our finance as well, that it's just putting in the time on a consistent basis, you know, over a great period of time. And, you know, we've talked about it quite a bit here that we're not like a fad diet. Um, A lot of fad diets fail. 
right? You're really, really good for, you know, a month, two months, three months. And then you go off, you drive by Krispy Kreme and that light is on and you're like, you know what? I've deprived myself for so long. And now let's not make it a dozen. It's two dozen, right? And then we just kind of fall off the rails. And I think, you know, for me with exercise and with money, it's just more about the consistency overall. It's like, I don't have to exercise seven days a week and do it five hours a day where some people, when they get into it, especially after the new year, that's what they do. And then they burn out after three weeks. So it's just over time. And the same with finance too. It's just saving a little bit every single month over a period of long period of times, years and years and years. And that's the same thing with health too. And then we end up being healthy. So very true and great examples. I think on my side, I, uh, I love to be able to physically exercise, right? But I like to be outside when I exercise, which is really hard to do because if it rains or if it's cold or if it's dark. So I find that it's really great to have good habits when you're exercising as well as when you're not. So for me, it's really important that I take vitamins and that I go and see the doctor regularly and that I eat nutritiously just in case I'm not able to exercise in the way that I want to. So I think it's important to remember that it's not just – one thing that contributes to your health. It's a series of things that contribute to it and the same for your wealth. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. It is. It goes with eating healthy. Um, you know, and I know people that, you know, right now they're saving a lot and they like have like a million dollars in retirement, but they don't move. And like, I think about it and they're still young, you know, in their fifties. So I'm like, I don't care if you have $5 million in the bank, but if you're 66 and you can't walk, I don't know. To me, like, I think that's why they go well and hand in hand. Like we save money and I save money for retirement because I want to do certain things in retirement. And most of those things are something I'm going to have to do physically as well. Um, you know, last fall we went to, to Colorado took on a family vacation with the girls and it felt so cool for me that I was able to hike the Rocky Mountains. We did a four mile hike and I was able to do that with my 18 year old. Like I was physically, you know, I was tired. She was ahead of me, but <laughs> You know what? I did it. I was 46 years old and I did it. And that's what I think, you know, who knows one day, grandkids, whatever, but I want to be that grandparent that keeps up with them and is active enough. So I think that's where for me, health plays a big role that you can do everything right financially, but if you don't take care of your body, you're not going to be able to enjoy the fruits of those labor of those years and years and years that you've saved money and you've done all the right things financially. But man, you get to that old age and it's like, oh, I can't do anything and I'm stuck in the house because I can't move. And, you know, to me, that's not a wealthy life. Right. Dare I say balance and moderation. I mean, isn't it <laughs> pretty much the key to life, right? Yeah. <laughs> in all areas. Yeah. It's so true. So now that we've shown the correlation between health and wealth, after the break, we're going to take a look at reasons why health is your greatest wealth. Connect with us on social media. Search at Mentoro Group on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Welcome back. So the tie between health and wealth goes back thousands of years. In fact, Virgil, the Roman poet who died in 19 BC, is attributed with saying, the greatest wealth is health. Wow, isn't that something? 19 BC. So even way back then, they knew that it was important to be healthy. Recognizing the direct correlation between health and wealth should not be overlooked. So we aren't saying that money isn't important. We are a financial education company, but are afraid that we take our health for granted at times, which which can impact our wealth and our ability to live a rich life. Exactly. Like you were just saying, you could have enough money to retire, but if you can't do anything with it, what's the point? Exactly. So to further back this up, here are some reasons why being healthy could make you become wealthy. Sure. So first up, 
medical bills are expensive. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Um, so healthy people save money on medical costs. Sick people spend their hard-earned money on medical bills and doctor visits rather than on things that can help them build wealth or on things that they enjoy. Exactly. And I think, you know, these are excluding, uh, you know, terminal illnesses or the types yes. of illnesses that obviously are, are out of our control. Right. But the ones that are, like, you know, I think that that's... Uh, because you aren't moving around to your previous example, mm -hmm. you're um, you have back trouble, or you're carrying a little bit of weight, and you know, right. or your like your immune system is lower is a lower. lot of times yes. if you don't eat right, you don't exercise. So then those common little colds that you know you and I get, you know, like today, right now, you have a little sneeze, right? But if you're unhealthy, then that little sneeze could turn into something that you're you know sick for three days, and you have to call out of work. You're less productive. I mean, we can just go down the list. Exactly. Another is healthy workers are usually more productive. Studies have shown that people in good health are able to earn more money. In addition, healthy people can stay productive longer, which actually increases the time spent in the workforce. I mean, so a couple things there, don't back. And I will say, and I'm not trying, you know, and it's hard, and I know we're kind of in a, you know, we, we judge by looks sometimes and not saying that's right or wrong. But, you know, for me, I know I, I present sometimes for Mentoro. If I get on stage and let's just say that, you know, I, I was very overweight, what's that first appearance? First appearance incident, like automatically, and I'm not saying it's right once again, but that is society. That's the way it is. It's like, okay, well, gosh, he can't even really take care of himself. How is he going to tell me how to manage my money when he can't manage? So it's perception is very big in a lot of times. And, and once again, I'm not saying it's right, but it is where we are in this Instagram day and age where everything has to be perfect. So by by doing better for yourself and, and being healthier, you will have more opportunities. Once again, I'm sorry, you know, and this may be a little taboo and I, and I get it that it may rub people the wrong way, but it's true. If you go in for a job interview, it, appearances matter a lot. So I, I think that's another big reason that you may have more opportunities to advance in your career by being healthy. Yeah, I think it's a great point. Uh, it, it may be a little sensitive, but I think it's a really great point to keep in mind. And it's not just your weight. It's it's other things that would make you appear healthy. It's uh, the bags under your eyes because you don't get enough sleep. And I know more mm -hmm. than anyone on that, I have designer bags under my eyes because I never sleep. Right. So it's it's things like that. It's when you um, aren't eating healthy and it shows in your hair. It's everything like that that contributes to making you feel and look your best because you are taking the necessary steps to be healthy. Right. Yeah. So we could go on and on yes. with the advantages of being healthy. The great news is that it actually doesn't cost much to get started. Right. Right. And it, and it doesn't. And I will say, too, one more benefit. And we just kind of mentioned about, you know, going into maybe a job interview or presenting. Like when you are healthy, a lot of times you have more confidence, right? You feel better about yourself. And that oozes over into a lot of areas of life. If you feel self-confident, then there's really, there's a lot of times there's no barrier that is too big. Oh yeah, it's so powerful. Right, yeah. compared to those times that you don't. And we've all been there like, oh, I've had a bad week where I didn't eat right, I didn't exercise at least. I know I'm off kilter and I know I'm not on my A game and my confidence is down. So that is another benefit is just you feel better about yourself and then that sh other people pick up on that as well. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, so you mentioned that, you know, it doesn't cost that much, you know, to, to, to even start. And it just little simple things. You know, for me, there are times that I, I make sure I park as far away as possible. 
Now, when it's raining, I don't, but I, I park far away because then that forces me to have to take numerous more steps than if I parked right up next to the building. Sounds silly, but you know what? An extra 200 steps a day or whatever can help. Or there are times when I'm at a hotel, I take the stairs instead of the elevator. So just little things to build into my daily routine that it doesn't have to be, you know, I'm not doing 500 push-ups a day. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. They think, oh, in order to get in shape, I got to do all these things. And yes, that's going to help. Of course, if you do intense workouts, I mean, 100%, but some days you just don't have it in you. So something is always better than nothing. And once again, it's consistency and moderation. I do love how uh, today, probably more so than ever, there is an emphasis on meal prep so that you can make sure that what you're eating throughout the week is is healthy. I know for mm-hmm. me, if I get started down the week and things get crazy, I either don't eat or I get, you know, a snack from the break room or something like yeah. that. Domino's instead. pizza sounds great tonight. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, I think things like that also like in the workplace and especially now with the work from home craze, sit-stand desks or the people who put the little uh, mini treadmills underneath their desk. Yeah. I mean, what a I can't think of a better way to multitask during the day than to be exercising while you're working. Can't work for everybody, but still just incorporating things like that. Yes, yes, that is. And and that's the thing. Just, you know, kind of like with, with, with your finances, just start somewhere. That's kind of the most important thing is that if you are feeling okay, I got to get going, start somewhere. And it once again, it doesn't have to be elaborate. Take the dog for a walk or go for a walk. Does that mean it, it, you don't have to go run 10 miles, right, to just get started? That first step is always the most important one. And then you usually have the, mem- the momentum to keep going, just like with saving money. You see some progress being made. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So now that we know why being healthy is so important to both your bank account and your waistline, after the break, we're going to discuss seven ways you can take care of your body. Great news. You don't have to visit Spain to run with the bulls. Unless you want to get trampled, visit mymentoro.com and use organization code RUNWITHTHEBULLS to set up your free account today. Welcome back. In today's episode, we've been discussing the correlation between health and wealth. So we can all pretty much agree that being healthy is important for many reasons. Just like with your finances, we want to give you some actions you can take to help you start taking care of your body. And this one is going straight to you since you just mentioned it. (laughs) So up first is something many of us struggle with, sleep. So doctors, I mean, we know they recommend an adult gets between seven and eight hours of sleep every night. And while sleep needs can vary, the effects of sleep deprivation are vast. It affects our mood our concentration, our attention, our memory, our ability to fight off infection, our judgment. I mean, I can just go on and on and on. In fact, you know, I I think, and I've read somewhere that they think that sleep may actually be kind of coming up in the future like the the fountain of youth. Like they're going to say that is probably one of the most important things you can do to be healthy is to get adequate sleep. And we've been there. We've done that. And I get it. I mean, like there's times that I struggle to sleep sometimes too. I wake up in the middle of the night and my mind starts racing. So I understand it. But I know, and just coming off times when I've had, you know, a few nights in a row when I get like four to five hours of sleep, like my body then just, it doesn't shut down on me, but it's almost like, dude, you've got to sleep. And then like, I'm crashed for like 11 hours straight. So it it just shows for me, that's my body's natural way of saying you're working too much. You got to rest. And it's, you know, it's like with, with a car, if you run it to exhaustion, you run it too much, you run it until the fuel is out. 
it's stuck on the side of the road. And I think the same thing with our body. It holds true that we, we can't, why it sounds great. And that used to be a thing, you know, oh, I'm working so hard and I work 80 hours a week. And there is one good thing. I think it is starting to come back now with, with our younger generation showing what's really important. Like I value hard work, you value hard work and it's important. But man, if you burn it too much, you're going to be useless for like a week because your body's just going to say, I can't do it anymore. And then you're out for so long. And then what good are you? Yep. Yeah. Um, that's definitely me. I, I mean, countless time my, my mom says, Whitney, you can't burn the candle at both ends. You have to, mm-hmm. you have to stop at some point. Right. I'm working on it. My, uh, my doctors talk to me a lot about a uh, sleep hygiene, uh-huh. how to trick your brain into going to sleep. Okay. So, that's interesting. Yeah. It so is. give me, I'm curious, like what is like, what is one way to trick yourself? I, I, that's interesting. So basically sleep hygiene talks about how you need to have habits at night that over time your brain starts to think, oh, now we're going to bed. Okay. So maybe it's taking a, taking a nice hot shower or bath. Maybe it's like you have a process every night where you wash your face in the sink and and brush your teeth and take your medicine. Whatever it is that you do as you're going to bed, but intentionally do it the same every single night at the same time. Uh And it starts to signal to your brain, okay, now we're getting sleepy. Now we're shutting down. Okay. The, the, The store is closing. Interesting. I, and I'm just curious, since we're kind of on the topic, like I, I do, I wonder what time do you usually go to bed? I am just curious. Like when is your bedtime? Are you a night person? Are you a morning person? Danny. I, think I mean, I'm going to guess you're I'm not... a night person. Okay. So that's when you feel most productive. Like, <laughs> yes. My favorite thing in the world is a, um, is a dark, quiet house. I get so much done. That's when I get all my reading done, all my work done because the rest of the world is asleep and it is completely... And you've always been that way? Yes, I get it from my mom. We used to wake up, you know, on like a Sunday morning when I was a kid and the whole downstairs would be completely like reorganized and uh-huh. the furniture moved around. Okay. Yeah, it's Interesting. deep jeans deep there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm more of a morning person mm-hmm. up at four, and, but sometimes I'm asleep by nine. So, But then I think it, you just have to go with what works for you. And I think right. that's knowing your body's normal rhythms of, of when you work best, when you don't work best, you need to sleep and just go with it. Right. I, uh, I'm learning a lot about myself as it relates to sleep. I used to just think like, oh, I can't, you know, I don't really sleep. But when you're in your teens and twenties, you can pull that off. Yes. You cannot pull that off. (laughs) No, 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 no. Catches (laughs) Uh, up for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, um, moving on to the next one. And I have to say, I'm starting to feel a little bit called out here because it's Uh another one Uh I struggle with and that is hydration. Do you ever feel dehydrated? Yep. Even mild dehydration can affect your energy level and your mood. Many doctors recommend that adults drink eight, eight ounce glasses of water per day, but that amount may need to be higher or lower depending on other factors such as your level of physical activity and your size. New research actually suggests that taking your weight, dividing it by two and drinking that number of ounces per day. To help get started, drink one extra glass of water a day. I think that's a great like What's my next step? Yes, yep. yes. And you know, for me, I'm really good about hydration. I, I don't drink. I mean, I have coffee now and I drink water. I don't drink soda. I just never have. I'm not like if I go to the restaurant, maybe I get a sweet tea or something. But usually throughout the day, it's just water. It just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Other stuff just doesn't, it makes me more thirsty, it feels like. So, but it is. It's very, very important to stay hydrated for your energy levels and everything. So. Oh, gosh. And like girl vanity moment to, yeah, yeah. to have clear, nice, beautiful skin and hair. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, so the next action is pretty obvious. 
nutrition. So most of us know we should cut back on eating sugar and eat more fruits and vegetables, but nutrition is not about your weight, right? It's about health and fueling your body properly. Even though I'm discussing this, I don't always follow my own advice. So last fall, I was preparing to run a half marathon. I'm not always good at eating, and sometimes I skip dinner. Yeah, I know. I don't, don't practice what I'm preaching. I mean, but it, there are times I just, especially when I work here, times when I get home, it's like 6.30, by the time, and I'm just not hungry. So I miss that window, so I don't eat. So the night before a five-mile run, my dinner was a bowl of Cocoa Krispies. Yeah, yeah real, real great. So I could barely make it over three miles. And then when I got home, I started complaining to Trace, gosh, I'm getting old. I can't do this anymore. And she asked, well, what did you eat for dinner? And I'm like, well, and it just showed me, you know what, especially if you are doing some intense exercise, you do. I mean, we should always fuel our bodies properly, but especially if you're adding on extra things, we have to be really, really mindful. And I was after that. I'm like, okay, I do have to prepare. You know, I'm 47 now. It's not like 22 where I can just go and do whatever I want. So, you know, once again, as you get older, especially, it's like we've really got to be mindful of how we are fueling our bodies and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, eating the proper nutrition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The next action is another obvious one, and that's exercise. Probably the easiest one to correlate in this whole example. Yeah. But like with nutrition, many think of exercise as just being for weight loss. But it does a lot more than that. Exercise helps combine uh, exercise helps combat high blood pressure, depression, certain types of cancer, stroke, heart disease, and type two diabetes. It boosts certain brain chemicals which leave you feeling happier and more relaxed than before. Exercise boosts your energy, improves your sex life, and helps you get better sleep. It can be easy to make an excuse to not exercise. However, we can all incorporate it more into our lives. Take the stairs, park farther away, do curls with soup cans, just move. Yeah, right. I mean, you had me at improved sex life, right? That's all you got to say to most guys out there, and then they're going to start running. No, I'm just but I, I mean, I was liking the one about uh, getting better sleep, but well, you, know. you know, what is it? Men are from Mars, women are from me, so you know, That's what they say. yeah, yeah, so be it. Um, but no, I mean that is a pretty obvious one, and once again, just incorporate something like just start somewhere. Even here at the office, you see me a couple times a day. I go out and walk. I, mm-hmm. I'm not good at being tied up like in a, I feel in a box. It's like, oh, I got to get out. But, you know, it may be like 500 steps, but it's just something. It's a movement that I'm just not sitting all day. So just incorporate something. And then this one, you know, I'll point it at myself. So as someone who doesn't enjoy going to the dentist, I don't know if many people do, I'm not a huge fan of getting my teeth clean. I mean, I like it afterwards, but just the thought sitting in a chair, ugh, just, you know. But um, th- did you know that poor dental health and gum disease have been linked to heart disease and lower life expectancy? So that is a great reason to take your dental health seriously. And most of us already brush our teeth, hopefully at least twice a day. Um, if you don't, you can also begin flossing every night. In addition, if you haven't seen a dentist in a while, take the time to schedule an appointment. And, you know, I'm guilty. It's been like a year for me. We're switching to it. So, yeah. But it's one of those things. It's really, I don't, not many people enjoy going to the dentist, but it's so important to do so. Well, and for the purposes of this episode, something to point out too is um, dental insurance is usually kind of tricky. Yes. Not everywhere includes that or they don't necessarily include Or it's great expensive. Benefits. It's very, very expensive. Yes. And the last time we tried um, a, a new dentist before just settling back with the one that we wanted, we went in there and it was like basically 
they tried to throw the kitchen sink at all the things that you need to do. And it's very, very intimidating because it is so expensive. And you're like, I just want to clean my teeth. Right, right. And, you know, (laughs) something we do, we do, they, most dentists now, they have like an in-house basically insurance mm -hmm, plan. And that's mm -hmm. what we did with our last one. And I'm looking into it with a new one to go to because it's a lot cheaper. Like I looked at, um, we have our health insurance through my wife who's a teacher. So state health, but even the dental plan under that, we spend more on dental insurance than we do. We just paid the dental office directly for, you know, if you have major things, root canals and stuff, obviously the insurance, but like for most of us, just x-rays once a year and teeth cleaned, it really, you you may be better off going through the insurance through the dental company or their office themselves, or just set the money aside every month of what you would be putting towards dental insurance. That's a, that's really good to know. Really helpful. Um, And moving on, our mental health is just as important as our physical one. No matter how stressful your life is, there are steps that you can take to decrease your body's stress response and to be good at self-care. Take a walk, have a visit with a friend, take a candlelit bubble bath, read a good book, go for a massage, pray, write in a journal, see a counselor, Mm -hmm. the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. With all the responsibilities we have, life can get extremely hectic, so make sure you schedule some time for yourself. And I, I think that this is a huge one and I'm really glad to see that, uh, society is kind of picking up on that and, and making something that was previously taboo, something that's more understandable. Um, I personally like to use apps like calm Mm -hmm. or I like to do yoga and recently with our, um, our annual retreat, I kind of felt like let's get out of the hustle and bustle of our two cities and go out and see some greenery, take some deep breaths and just like step away for a little bit because you really need to recharge every now and again. You do. And I'll say here's, um, you know, mental health, it is more serious, especially in the younger, you know, population, but a proud dad moment, my daughter, my 10th grader, she and another friend just started a mental health club at their high school. So the first meeting is next week. So it got approved and everyone's excited. And I mean, it's so cool that she's taking that role because she has struggled some with mental health, um, just, you know, with, with things that, that, you know, high school kids go through. But it was interesting when uh, when Tracy posted about it on Facebook, uh, a, a, one of the teachers at her school said, you know, there should really be something like this for adults as well. Like we didn't yeah. get it. And you kind of see it. And I know I'm so glad that this stigma isn't there anymore with mental health where we're so open because you do see a lot of adults now that are functioning fine, you know, day to day. But there are some struggles that they have because they weren't able to have these talks as they were growing up. So I think, you know, for me now, I think it is so healthy. Like we all have problems. I mean, some are bigger than others, but I mean, every single person, we have something that is going on. So, you know, to me, there is no stigma on it. If it's going to make you stronger and it's going to help you, I mean, let's just have at it. Danny, that's so fantastic. That's definitely a proud dad. Yes, moment. yes, it was good. And yeah, like I said, she, you know, has that. So I mean, just hopefully she can help other kids in that area yeah. and and help her still going forward. Like, because I mean, it is life. Life's hard. I mean, it really is. When we look around, and especially nowadays with how you know much social media and how much news we get all the time. It can be really depressing to look it's at life because it's, it's I mean, heavy. we always know if it bleeds, it leads and news has always been that way. But now it's just like, you know, when we were growing up, if something bad happened in Idaho, you may have heard about it three days later. Now, bam, right then and there. It's not, so it's just like, it's just constant. It just seems like a lot of negative news. So no wonder a lot of people, I mean, it is, it's tough. So mm-hmm. mental health. Yeah, definitely something to, to take care of. And then finally, it's <laughs> kind of going back to the dentist. Schedule those appointments, right? So we touched on this with the dentist, but what other appointments have you been putting off? 
When was the last time you had a physical? So make an appointment, you know, today, right now after listening to this, that you have been putting off for a while and just get it scheduled, get it on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Good reminder. Most of us work 40 plus years to get to the point where we want to retire and have the freedom to do whatever we want. However, if we do not focus on our health, our options will be limited. We don't want you to not be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Right. And like I mentioned earlier, so I've run 10 half marathons and I know how difficult it is to take that first step. But once you do, it creates momentum and you will often find yourself wanting to keep going. So analyze where your health is and take that first step towards improving it today. Part of getting the life you want is taking care of your body. It's the only one you've got. Mm-hmm. Okay, time to go for a run, huh? Yeah, yeah, a little chilly, but yeah, hey, or we'll jump on the Peloton, one or the other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that does it for this episode. Please check us out on social media. We're at all your usual places. And if you ever have a topic that you'd like us to cover, feel free to email us at podcast at mentorgroup.com. Whitney, thank you so much for chatting, and thank you for listening. Catch us next time as we run with the bulls. Run with the Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro and hosted by Danny Kofke and Whitney Queen. Learn more by visiting mentorogroup.com.